Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Flames. We have another 100-point scorer and a 40-goal scorer on our hands. Matthew Kachuk crossed that milestone Thursday night against the Dallas Stars as the Flames clinched the Pacific Division. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? Hello, I'm Jess Belmosto of the Locked On Flames podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much for making Locked On Flames uh, probably the listen to your commute home. I'm going to assume. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Odyssey, Audible, and YouTube. You name it. We're free 99 anywhere you get your shows. Oh, my goodness. Today, we have to talk about Matthew Kachuk, the division being clinched, and, of course, our winners and losers of the week. So, let's start, let's start with Matthew Kachuk, okay? He... Oh my God. I, I love this kid. Okay. He has come so far since the first time I remember watching him and it's so great to see. Uh, he scored uh, last night in the second period to get the flames on the board. The lead didn't last too long because Dallas did um, tie it back up, but we're going to focus on the positive. Okay. Right. Here to focus on the positive. <laughs> so he his celly was funny because he ended up tripping and like because he skated too fast because or not he didn't have enough speed behind him uh and it's funny to me because his draft like problem was him not being able to skate uh he wasn't a good skater and the players that went ahead of him are obviously still good players but he just uh you know, I, I don't think that that's a problem anymore. <laughs> so he obviously had some quotes in last night's post-game presser, and he said he was super excited and a toe pick because of it. Uh, not not enough speed. There was a lot going around. Monge, Mange, Mange, uh, was coming, and I had my arms out for a hug. One of those kind of blacked-out moments, just super excited. Coolest part for me was the guys coming in it, and how they were there, how they were way more excited than I was. I didn't think that could be possible. I love that quote. I like that quote a lot because it shows that, yes, while this is a an individual um, achievement and milestone, it's they're happy with Kachuk. They love Kachuk. He has provided so much to this team this year, and it's not just about him scoring. It's really him embracing this new role that he has. And I think a lot of people look to him, uh, even he, he's like 24, 25 years old, but you know, he's, he's been doing this for a little bit and he knows what it takes to, you know, take it to that next level. He is one of the best players in the league and I am so proud of him. And I, all I could think about last night was when 
Kachuk was injured with a concussion in the bubble, and it was the game six against Dallas, and he was the only one showing emotion or any sort of frustration uh, with how the game was going and how the Flames were, were performing. There's that gif of him, like, throwing his mask, I think, or he just he throws his hands in the air and he's walking away. He's so frustrated. And to me, that was a moment where I knew that he wanted to be down there. Like, not only that, but he really wanted to be part of, you know, some sort of leadership. I think that he has the heart. He has turned his character around, which we're going to talk about in a minute here. But he is just so dedicated to this sport. And obviously, all professional athletes are. But... Uh, just very, just, it completely consumes him, I would say. I would easily say that he is one of those players who eats, sleeps, and dreams hockey. Um, But then I think about the days where he was like a pest. He was a true pest out there on the ice. And you did have to worry about him injuring one of your players the same way you you used to have to worry about Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's still kind of, you know, debatable. But Brad Marchand has um, a very different reputation now as well. But then you come back to Matthew Kachuk, who has turned it around in probably, what, two seasons? I would say pre-pandemic was the last time he was suspended. Did he get suspended earlier this year? I don't know why that's sticking. No, that was Brad Marchand. I'm sorry. So I, I technically think that... Kachuk is no longer a repeat offender um, by the CBA, but Audie talked about this the other day on Twitter, and I was losing my mind. It was like one of the first tweets I saw when I woke up, um, because yes, I do basically just run on Calgary time. My body is uh, in mountain time, (laughs) but he said, uh, you know, all the money that they could make from the jerseys when Kachuk and Gaudreau resign, and then how Kachuk's will have the C on it. And I want to know your thoughts on that. Do you think that he is a player who can lead the room, who can really push this team to be the best that they can be? I know that we have had our debates in the past about our past captain and how he lost the room and maybe shouldn't have. Uh, you know, stood up for some really slimy behavior. But uh, I don't want to, that makes it sound like he was defending something horrible. No, he was just, he was justifying Kachuk's um, temper tantrum, allegedly. But this kid used to go out on the ice, right? And it would just be penalty after penalty after penalty, suspension here, suspension there. Yes, he still has like a reputation um, and still has, like, that uh, rapport with, uh, you know, Drew Doughty. But then <laughs> Sarah from Locked on Kings said only one of her players can have, uh, or she only has enough room for one of her players to have beef with a Kachuk. And this season it's Brendan Lemieux. And honestly, I still cannot believe that he bit Brady Kachuk's finger. And just, like, the dramatics that came from and Brady's just like, oh my god, how did, why would he do such a thing? It was, it was very funny. Um, 
but you know, I think he has realized that he is there to do a job. He he does not need to be this wild guy. He does not need to be an enforcer. He doesn't need to be the guy enforcing all these penalties and you know, giving players or giving the other team that man advantage that's really going to hurt the Flames. So, again, um, stick taps for him. My little Funko Pop Matthew Kachuk, thank you for coming out to play today. Um, I just give him the blank check. Brad, I almost said man to man, you know, but a heart to heart here. Just give him and Johnny blank checks. It'll be okay. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the Flames clinching the division and taking a peek back at our uh, preseason previews, I guess? Predictions? (laughs) But first, we are going to talk about, uh, sorry, Built Bars. Built Bars are a delicious tasting protein bar that uh, everyone could benefit from. They taste like a candy bar, but they have kind of a complete 180 in nutritional value from a typical candy bar. And they also have the first ever marshmallow infused, no, protein infused marshmallow. (laughs) And they're a treat that are covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, The puffs are a really great way to spice up (laughs) your protein intake with yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. The uh, cinnamon churro is my favorite. Those are my go-to after the gym because I like, I have this awful habit of stopping uh, or thinking I need to stop after the gym. And there's like four fast food restaurants on my way home that I pass on my short drive to the gym. But you know, those built Bars do a great job of filling me up. They are low in calorie, high in protein, uh, and you can replace your candy bars with them. And uh, they have about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, around 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Head on over to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your next order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Flames. As always, you can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. If you go back to, I guarantee you, nine out of ten podcasts, no matter who hosts them, what um, team they cover, what conference they cover, anything like that, um, They will say that the Flames, more than likely, were not going to win the division. They would maybe come in second, maybe be a wild card team, but there was no way that Vegas was not winning this division. And once that Jack Eichel trade happened, which obviously was later after those predictions were made, obviously, but it was very evident that the Flames were not the favorite. And I I don't think anyone had this on their bingo card in 2022. I just, I don't. I don't think that anybody had the Flames clinching the Pacific Division and scoring 106 points as of now. Or not scoring 106 points. I'm sorry. Recording 106 points. Uh, it's 
unbelievable to me. It is just astonishing to think where this team <laughs> came from. <laughs> I I had Vegas winning the division, and then the Flames would be, like, Vegas would be high up, and the Flames would be significantly lower in second. But I just, I I don't know. Six months ago, making the playoffs would have been just this ginormous success that uh, we would have obviously taken, but I don't think our expectations would have been as high as they are. And I would just like to talk about the fact that this team has overperformed and and people do expect that to carry in over into the playoffs. And I think that's entirely fair. That is a realistic expectation based on their regular season performance. And I don't even want to say the I word because I just, I don't feel, I feel like I will be speaking them into existence and that's not what I want. But this team has just been on a different level this entire season between uh, Jacob Markstrom's goaltending and then, of course, that first line, adding depth players like Toffoli and Yarncrock uh, there who have been great. And then, of course, you know, that free agent signing of Blake Coleman, which we all knew would elevate this team and take them to a different level. But I don't think any of us would have anticipated them taking it to this level. Uh, Obviously, we'll do a proper playoff breakdown closer to the to the time once the um what you might call it the opponent is you know we have a clearer picture on that but I just I want to just give Daryl Sutter like a hug and I also need him to transform my life as quickly as he's transformed the flames because I my first year hosting this podcast was me just Every day. They look like a beer league team. They have little to no athleticism. Why Why is Sean Monaghan looking like that? Why is? Why aren't we separating Gaudreau and Monaghan? Why is Dylan Dubé on that top left wing? Why, why, why? And, you know, the Flames really haven't done a rebuild. They did a little bit of retooling. But they're, you know, obviously trading uh, Sam Bennett last year's deadline moving on from David Riddick, which we knew that they were going to do. And then, you know, trading, or not trading, but uh, what's his face leaving in the expansion draft? Mark Giordano. Brain fart, good Lord. <laughs> and then them bringing in some really strong players. But it wasn't at the cost of players like Johnny Gaudreau or Matthew Kachuk or Elias Lindholm. Or anything like that. Like We still have a core. The only piece that's missing is Sean Monaghan. And that's because he has a bad hip again. You know? I expect this team to carry over this energy. Carry this energy over. um, The way that they've been doing it all season. And I think that's sustainable. I think that we've seen them kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit here. And maybe that's because they... Uh, they knew that they were just going to clinch the division at home and they knew it was kind of, uh, you know, a, a go ahead grab from there. And it was a sure thing, but I think 
that they have this hunger. I want to see that hunger return. And I want to see the same hunger that we saw when they were making sure that Gaudreau got his 100th point. And the same way that they made sure that Matthew got his 100th point. They have to bring it all. Like, there's no excuse. There is no way that they can just lose in the first round. There's no way. And I think that it will be incredibly disappointing if and when, if that happens, not when, but if that happens, I think it that will be the moment where players like Gaudreau and Kachuk are less likely to re-sign here. You know, um, I just, I don't, if you can't win, if you can't make it out of the first round yet again, you're going to have bigger problems. And I will save the rest of those takes and my true beloved opinion on that uh, for the playoff preview that we eventually do here. But in these next four games, will Sutter have, you know, some of these Stockton guys come up and play, or is he going to ride them through and to not let them rest and to keep that momentum going? I would be very interesting interested to see how that goes only because he didn't let them rest last year even when uh you know they were out of playoff contention he didn't call up anyone from Stockton he said you're gonna play these final games because this is the mess that you created for yourself and I think that you know that's a good accountability point but at the same time these guys right now they need to rest before heading into what could potentially be a long summer and a shortened off season. So we'll just have to wait and see. But coming up next, we will wrap up our show with the winners and losers of the week. And I have uh, two losers for the week, I would say, because some of these people are just Twitter fingers. That's all I can say. But Let's talk about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. I am truly blown away when I see things online. And I, I shouldn't be anymore. I really shouldn't. But last night, the Tampa and Toronto game got a little crispy, got a little chippy between Wayne Simmons and Pat Maroon. And they were chirping each other on the bench. And Leah Hextall. Had, was talking to Simmons in between, I believe it was the intermission, and she just made a comment, like, oh, like, you and Maroon had fought before, like, and Simmons, like, corrected her, but it wasn't anything, like, bad. She was just asking if the chirping was going to turn into something, you know, physical, and First of all, okay, these are my losers of the week, by the way. I'm sorry. Didn't even announce that. But it's so frustrating to me because all she did was ask a question. I would ask I would ask a very similar question, you know. Um, 
like, is this going to turn into something? It wasn't her, you know, agitating them and like calling either of them soft, you know, but people online, including retired referee, Tim Peel were going after her for her comments and whatnot. And he was like, she didn't even know they hadn't fought before. Not all of us can store every piece of random information in our brain. We are not a hard drive. There's not a flash drive that I can plug into my head to pull up some random stats about people who have fought before, right? But people online are just being so miserable about it. And those people are my losers of the week because they think that they could do what Leah does, but they could never. Because if they if they could, they'd be doing it. They would be hosting a podcast. They would be calling games. They would be doing intermission commentary, but they're not. They're on Twitter tweeting with an avatar that's not even their face. So y'all are my losers. And um, my other losers of the week is, I I think it's Vegas. (laughs) Um, I guess we'll find out. We'll have more clarification here and just maybe tomorrow at practice. But uh, Emily Kaplan from ESPN reported that Robin Leonard was having season-ending back surgery, and he heard it against Philadelphia back in March. And then uh, Coach Peter DeBoer was asked about it uh, in, I think, what I'm assuming was media availability today, and he was like, "Mm, I have no knowledge of that. But I think what's funny is because it's either the source got it wrong and she reported it, and she's going to look like a fool, um, which happens. It's literally part of journalism, and especially sports reporting. And Or <laughs> no one has been keeping either uh, DeBoer or Robin Leonard in the loop, and they found something out through Twitter again, which would be so on painfully on brand for this organization that it almost hurts. But uh, I'm interested to see. I haven't checked Leonard's Twitter. I feel like he would come to Twitter and say something. Um, because if he has opinions about Evander Kane, he runs to Twitter. So, you know, if he is, has to clear something up, I'm sure he'll go to Twitter. But my winners of the week are the Boston Celtics. I do not watch the NBA outside of playoffs. I find it boring uh overpriced I went to a game 2019 whenever the Raptors won uh the championship and I paid out the wazoo for tickets and uh it was just a random regular season game in January so no um (laughs) But they are heading to Brooklyn up 2-0 in the series and have had some really wild games to start. I think that there's a lot of animosity there between, you know, Kyrie and his former teammates because everybody was sure that between Gordon Hayward and Kyrie that the Celtics were going to bring home another championship. But... I think the game one was the more exciting game of the two. I, for me personally, 
the way that Jason Tatum ended it, and he is just such a fantastic player. Um, I'm not a basketball fan by any means, really, but the excitement there has just been so fun. I love the idea of them going to Brooklyn, like, into the Nets house and just continuing what they're doing. Um, I don't really... I just think it's funny that, like, the Boston media has turned this, like, Kyrie thing. Like, they've taken it so personally, but yet they're like, oh, who cares? Clearly you do, because you need something to fill your segments. But (laughs) that will do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm Jess Belmosto. You can find me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Uh, Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, like, comment, share it with your ex or your coworkers, wherever you want. (laughs) Thank you all, and I will chat with y'all on Monday. Bye-bye.